This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In her practice, Shannon Shields specializes in fostering personal growth and enriching relationships between people. Clients often go to her for assistance in navigating difficult or unexpected life transitions. Being a mediator by nature allows Shannon to connect with clients warmly and compassionately. As a therapist, she specializes in working with people who are experiencing anxiety, perfectionism, shame, issues related to their family of origin, betrayal trauma, and hidden abuse. She helps clients with relational struggles to identify their negative interaction cycles and communicate more effectively. Valeria interviews Shannon Shields. She is a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Texas. Shannon received her Bachelor's of Science degree in psychology from Texas Christian University and her Master's of Science degree in marriage and family therapy from Texas Wesleyan University. She owns a Highland Family Counseling, a private counseling practice in Grapevine, Texas. Before opening her private practice, Shannon counseled individuals and their families, receiving psychological treatment in both the hospital and outpatient level of care. Some of Shannon's work was featured in the book Solution-Focused Narrative Therapy by Linda Metcalf. Shannon has advanced training in emotion-focused therapy and Gottman Method Couples Therapy. She is a Gottman Seven Principles program leader and is trained as a prepare enrich facilitator for premarital counseling. Shannon works primarily with couples and individuals struggling with relational issues and has a special interest in helping others heal and transform from the pain of relational trauma and betrayal. Meet Shannon at highlandfamilycounseling.com. Here is the interview with Shannon Shields. In your own words, who is Shannon Shields? So professionally, I'm a marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor. Um, I'm also a private practice owner. Um, Relationally, I'm a daughter, sister, granddaughter, friend, colleague. Uh, But personally, and on a deeper level, I would say I'm a helper, mediator, peacekeeper, spiritual seeker, and and also a survivor. One question that comes to mind is when you say spiritual seeker, what are you seeking? Mm. Um, that's a that's a really great question. I would say to me, what it means to be spiritual is to have trust and a connection to something greater than myself, and also my willingness to surrender to that something. 
um, I think it's so important to be open and willing rather than so certain. And so to me, what I seek is growth of the soul. Um, that's what spirituality is to me. And, um, I don't think it, you know, spirituality doesn't have to be religious. Uh, it can, it can, you know, be a relationship with a God or mother earth or a spirit or higher power. But, um, for me, um, spirituality is the growth of the soul. And, and I think experiencing trust in something so much greater than myself and turning over, um, my power to that. I love the, this phrase growth of the soul. I'm sure I have heard uh, something like that, but that caught my attention now. Growth of the soul. What would that be? Do you have a vision or could you describe what it looks like to grow soulfully? Mm, yeah, that, that's a great question as well. Um, for me, I think it comes back to the concept of healing. Um, and that's to me a, a, a developing a relationship with my pain um, both, both physical and emotional pain. Um, and we can't heal and grow our souls if, if we resist and we avoid. Um, so I, I think, I think it's more about working towards accepting that, um, that we have pain and that's part of the human existence and maybe finding purpose and meaning from it. Um, so to me, that's growth of the soul. I remember being very busy <laughs> in the sense of trying to define or understand what God is, what the soul is, what is, even, even when I, I would say that I would surrender and trust, I really would not find what I was trusting in. Like, what is it that my, am I trusting? I know there is, there is something. So I wonder if you have had an experience that kind of reported to you the existence of what we're speaking of, the soul, the spirit, or something beyond this human experience? Mm, yeah, um, I would say I've had several. Um, you know, and I think so many, so many of us, myself included, struggle with doubt and overthinking and wanting to control uh, and, and trying to trust that things are going to work out. Um, and so there's been, there's definitely been moments in my life where uh, I was operating out of fear uh, uncertainty. Um, how in the world am I going to get through this? And having a spiritual practice and developing the, the spiritual part of myself, um, gosh, it made all the difference in being able to turn, you know, turn that over to something. And um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll share this with you. I think the reciting the serenity prayer is one of the quickest ways that gets me to this place of inner peace. Um, and I don't, I don't know if people listening are familiar with it, but it's essentially God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that is fast track to peace for me right there. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. When I heard it for the first time, I remember feeling very peaceful almost instantly. Mm -hmm. Yes, the wisdom part, it's a tricky one, right? Knowing the yeah. difference. Yes. What do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? Mm, okay. Yeah. So to me, I would say the short answer would be um, to embrace growth and to create. Um, to live, to me, to live is to grow and to grow is to change. 
And we're always evolving, always changing as human beings. And I think our purpose is to embrace that growth and with that create something using the talents and skills we and gifts we each possess. Um, and that can take the form of an, a theory, an idea. It can be a, a connection or an experience. But I think creation is a way for us to gift to the world. And I think that's the purpose of human existence. It just caught my attention again with the idea of change, because uh -huh. it really feels like life is basically change, right? It's almost we could use that word instead of life change, <laughs> because right. everything changes. Even if we are trying to change something or not, it will change. The body changes, it will get older or we'll get sick. We're healthy now. And then a few days from now, we might not be. I mean, everything, thoughts change all the time. So I was really intrigued by this um, idea, or actually it was an experience for me, like some of my family members, that their minds seemed not to have changed. Like I had met them, I don't know, 20 years ago. And then to this day, they sound just the same. Mm -hmm. That really kind of uh, surprised me and at the same time scared me. So how do you perceive this? What do you call that? Would you say that they are stuck in a place in time or what is happening when the mind doesn't change? Oh, yeah. I think there's, I think there's several different things or different ways I would, I would interpret that. Um, I think fear is something that, that drives humans. Uh, I know I've, I've been frozen in fear at times and that's kept me stuck. Um, I think, I think also gravitating towards what's familiar and what's comfortable, even if it's not what's healthy. Um, and so I think that can kind of keep us stuck in our ways. We, we seek, um, we seek out those things that we're used to versus embracing the change and the growth that can come from something very different. But it, it requires us to take that leap of faith and, and take a risk. So that is a, a state of being frozen, almost in fear. Fear mm -hmm. has frozen. That's a very interesting idea because it makes sense to me. It's almost like what some people say when they are in this state is that they are repeating themselves over and over again. I see patterns And they watch the same, let's say, the same movies many, many, many times, same kind of TV shows. They read the same books. They're around the same people. So everything's the same. And then from what I understand, you just said that that is, has to do with fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, being afraid to move even. Mm -hmm. ah, wow. It's very sad. And I remember trying to help these people and I, I couldn't. Of course, that would be your job, Shannon. <laughs> I would have called you if I knew it I, before. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> right. What is your understanding of mental health? What is to be mentally healthy? Ooh, okay. Um, to be mentally healthy. I think it, uh, you know, it, it, it's a practice. It's not something I think we just achieve. You know, I've, I've completed it, got the gold star, I'm done. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think mental health is you know, uh, is important as physical health. You know, when we choose to exercise, we choose to eat healthier. Mental health is just as important. Um, ways that we, you know, can learn and expand our awareness, you know, again, back to that idea of growth, I think constantly taking in new information and being open to that, 
Um, but I think also developing a sense of compassion. Um, I think a lot of people kind of under underestimate the importance of developing a relationship with themselves. It's easy to say my, my, my issues and my stressors are because of these people in my life, but, but also developing a really healthy relationship with yourself is, is essential for mental health. Yes, of course. And I have talked to so many people here about this concept of self-love. If we are to love somebody else, then we need to love ourselves first. That's the mm -hmm. foundation for everything. And I remember a couple of people disagreeing with that idea that it's possible to love others first and then learn how to love uh, from that experience, mm -hmm. how to love themselves from that experience, because they get so much love back that then they start loving themselves. I don't know. I mean, that could happen, right? Have you heard that happening before around you? Or yes, I and and I've heard those uh, debates as well. Uh, and I can I can definitely see both sides. Um, I think I think that I, I'm careful to go one extreme or the other. Um, but I would say, you know, we're hurt in relationships, but we're we also heal in them. And to have have a, a healthy person, a loving person, a trusting person, you know, walk alongside of you in a journey of self-love and self-discovery, I, I think at times is very much needed. Um, so I think it's, I think either is possible. You know, that makes sense. I remember when my father was bitten by a snake, a venomous snake, and then they took him to this, um, specializing institute, like um, snake, I don't know, venom institute or whatever they call it. And then they would ask the question, what snake bit you? You need to remember all the details because we need the, the same poison to be able to save your life. Mm. So that kind of makes sense what you said about um, being hurt by people and then be healed by them. Mm -hmm. I remember that uh, with my father and the snake. So that kind of came to me now for some reason, uh, mm -hmm. listening to you. What is love to you, Shannon? Uh, love. It's, it's a noun and a verb. I know that. Um, <laughs> we can feel it, but we also have the choice to show it and express it. And from what I've studied and experienced and seen, it's very complex and um, for me, it's, it's a deep sense of affection and an intimate expression for another person. And in the cases of self-love for oneself, um, and I think, you know, when love is real and present, when the tone of the relationship brings out a sense of peace and softness in you, rather than the relationship bringing out a survival response in you. Would you say that, that's the question that I often ask, what is the goal of anything, like relationships, a loving relationship? What would be the goal to stay in that peaceful place, as you just described, the place that will, or a person that will bring the best out of us? Mm -hmm. Or kind of be open to the dance of it all, of what it, whatever comes to us from that relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the key word, though, is openness and willingness. You know, if as soon as we feel like or think that we have it all figured out or that we're so sure, I think that that is when I think we can be at odds with other people. And so in a relationship, just to stay open and willing and knowing that 
change is inevitable, you know, especially two people in a relationship, you're both people are evolving, both people, people are growing, there's new experiences, there's new input. And I think just being open and willing is, um, is really the foundation of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, To me, that's, uh, I would define love as being open. But from that perspective, because once we are open, then everything is possible. So everything. And with that in mind, something else came to me just now about being certain, certain of certain things, for example, spiritual knowledge. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I, I practice every day because I want to get to the point of certainty. So with that in mind, that's my personal quest. But for you, what are you sure of? What is something that you know for sure that you can say for certain, I know? (laughs) Say for certain, I know. (laughs) Yes. Um, I would say, um, back to back to what we were discussing a minute ago, that we are hurt in relationships. Um, pain is inevitable. Um, but we're also healed through relationships. Um, I know that, I know that to be true because I've experienced it myself. And, um, I also know that healing takes time and it's not something that we can rush and, and, you know, speed up and jump ahead to the other side without any pain. Um, or speed bumps. And so I know that to be true that, and I, in my own experience and in walking, um, you know, clients through it too, that there will be pain, but gosh, on the other side of it can become something so beautiful. Um, and I do know that to be true. I've seen it. That resonates true. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Uh, that sounds like it's coming from that place of openness, um, Mm -hmm. just dancing with, with that, that song of life, suffering, pain, pleasure, and all of it. Yes. Your bio says, Shannon has a special interest in helping others heal and transform for the pain of relational trauma and betrayal. Of course, I read about you before. I have some information, but not not everything. So is that okay to share what personal experiences or experience do you have with relational trauma and betrayal? Yes, that's... That's definitely okay to ask. Um, I appreciate you asking it. Um, I, I think I'll start just uh, from the beginning of, of what brought me into uh, being a counselor. Um, I was always interested in human behavior growing up and wanted to understand why people did what they did. Um, I was introduced to counseling myself as a teenager when um, my parents were going through some tough times in their own marriage. And ultimately, they ended up getting divorced when I was about 20 and studying psychology in in college. Um, But for years, I wanted to make sense of it. And I found myself in this state of wanting to dissect it. Uh, I wanted to understand where they each were coming from and, you know, what led them to do what they did. Um, So from then on, I was really fascinated about couples and how two people from different backgrounds could be drawn to each other and and make a relationship work. So um, I started working with couples of all types of issues. Um, for, for years. Um, but I, I niched more into betrayal work, um, as a result of my own marriage falling apart. And, um, if, if you've ever heard of the depiction of the, the frog in boiling water, it's, it's that, you know, you put a a frog in a, a pot of water at room temperature and turn the heat up slowly over time. The frog won't realize it's, it's in boiling water and it's not going to jump out. But, um, if you turn up a pot of boiling water and then put the frog in it, it's going to jump out right away because it knows what's happening. 
Um, so that doesn't sound too great. I know I heard that before. I was like, God, I was thinking about the poor frog <laughs> over and over. I had a nightmare. I think the first time I heard that. <laughs> yes, it's 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 horrible. Um, but I was in a situation where it took an outsider to confront me and say, you know, Shannon, how can you not see that you're the frog in a boiling hot pot of water? And it was the most profound moment and wake up call of my life. Um, and so I had to come to terms with healing. Um, multiple betrayals, um, addiction, infidelity, financial control, hidden abuse. And, um, I was in couples counseling myself. So I know what it's like to be on that side of, of the couch, so to speak. Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I left the marriage, um, because it wasn't safe, but my healing journey wasn't through reconciliation with the relationship. It, my healing journey was a a result of reconciliation with myself. And um, I now know I have a greater calling to help other people and a passion in working with betrayal because I've, I've come through the other side of it. And it, there's so much beauty in healing from pain. So, What makes us to choose people or invite people in our lives that will eventually abuse us? Because they must have already some of those seeds. That's who they are or what they think they are. So... My question is, how can we recognize people that we invite into our lives from the from the very beginning? Mm, that's such a great question. Um, I have so many thoughts and so many answers, but I'll, I'll keep it concise. I, I, I will say part of it, um, again, back to the relationship with oneself, um, uh, you know, a sense of worthiness, um, a sense of you know, what is, you know, okay with me and what I'm willing to accept and not accept in terms of behavior of other people. That's something I think that, you know, we can um, discount at times when we're in love and there's hormones flowing and it feels nice in the beginning. Um, but, but boundaries, um, I think a lack of those, uh, can, can go a long way. And, um, but as, as in terms of how we're gravitated, you know, why we gravitate towards these types of people. Um, I think sometimes it's familiar. There can be family of origin stuff where maybe we had a parent or, you know, someone from our past or a previous relationship where there was that kind of a dynamic. Um, and so it's familiar and that's what we kind of gravitate towards at times. But, but the nature of, of hidden abuse, um, is that it's, it's hidden. You don't see and, and understand what's happening like that frog. If, if I saw the hot, hot boiling water, I wouldn't jump in it. So it looks enticing and it feels nice and all that in the beginning. Um, and so I think it's easy, anyone, including me, who is a therapist and who's trained in knowing some things, um, is susceptible to wow. a relationship like that too. So... So it's almost like uh, biology gets in the way. Uh, we are programmed to yeah, gravitate towards pleasure, what feels good without paying attention to details or using our logical judgment. Mm-hmm. So that is so, so true. So in a way, I feel it's almost like now I feel I'm grateful to be married. He's not perfect, my husband, and he has been, uh, he had a lot of, still has a lot of personality, uh, kind of um, 
Um, what can I say? If he listens to the episode, he won't get upset. <laughs> well, I think he's unkind a lot of times. Mm. And, you know, I have been working with him uh, by being extra kind, but with boundaries, because before I didn't have them. So mm. I have learned to say no, to kind of um, stay distant when he's going through something. Of course, I've always, I always ask questions when he, I know that he's, not, he's feeling sad or stressed. But if he doesn't want to talk, I just stay away from him. And kind of um, getting to my own spiritual practices or doing this, whatever it is that kind of makes me feel fulfilled apart mm. from him. So, but what I was trying to say is that I'm glad to be in this situation. It's not perfect because it's interesting how we cannot trust ourselves when, especially coming from trauma, my case of being abused as a child. So I had no idea what love was. And then I couldn't trust my own intuition. And I don't know if I can even now, which is mm -hmm. with men, I don't think I could, which is interesting. And I wonder if it ever goes away. Do we ever heal from those uh, deep-seated traumas, Shannon? Mm. I think healing is, we're always healing in the same way that we're always growing. Um, yeah. mm. But I I do think things get a lot easier Um it's not always so much pain in the beginning, but I like what you said in terms of, you know, when we are faced with betrayal or abuse or, you know, a toxic relationship, it, we develop a distrust in ourselves and our own judgment and our own reality and perspective. And so part of healing, um, is learning to trust ourselves again and, um, because our, our whole perspective is changed of the world of people, of, of, of everything. And so part of the healing is, is learning to trust again. Um, um, let me see. I have so many questions here for you that I have um, prepared before. Yeah, but there's something else that caught my attention. In your bio, your train says, Shanna has advanced training in emotion-focused therapy and the Gutman Method Couples Therapy. And you also trained as a prepare enrich facilitator. I never heard about this. It looks like an acronym because they're all capitalized. But talk to me about these methods. The Gutman method caught my attention also because you have some beautiful videos on the, your resource page on your website. So that caught my attention. What is the Gutman method, couples therapy? Yes, I'm, I'm so glad you asked. I'm, I'm a big supporter of, of that, uh, that method. Um, yes, I have training. I've done several le levels of it, but essentially it's derived from uh, John Gottman, who's um, been in the field and done research for, gosh, 30 plus, maybe 40 at this time years. And, and he studied couples and um, has been able to pinpoint what uh, some of the destructive patterns that can lead to the demise of, of a relationship if they're not in check. And, you know, he's also studied what works for, uh, for couples and, and helps them, you know, if you check in with them 10, 20, 30 years down the road, here's what they're doing that's kind of carried them along the way. And so this, what I love about Gottman, um, the Gottman method is there's so much research to back it up. So when I'm working with clients in session and we're doing, you know, just different interventions, I can, I can cite research, you know, to say that there's, there's reasons why this, this works for other couples, you know, um, but a lot of it is around, um, you know, developing and cultivating uh, a sense of respect, um, learning to communicate and manage conflict, build dreams together, um, 
there's, there's so many things, but it's just a lovely method. Um, and lots of research to back it up too. So I noticed the, uh, detailed work in a sense of a very clear, that's what I really wanted to say. It was very clear mm -hmm. to me, easy to understand, even for us, like almost regular people, not therapists, it's mm -hmm. easy to understand from those videos that I watched. And what is the Prepare Enrich facilitator, Shannon? Yeah. So, um, Prepare Enrich is, is, um, there's a, an assessment for, Uh, couples that are in premarital counseling or in a premarital state. And so uh, they're working towards um, uh, kind of pinpointing maybe some areas that they really want to address before they get married and things like uh, it could be religion, it could be finances, it could be household responsibilities, family of origin. Um, and so I have some training um, to be able to provide that assessment and work specifically on issues that would um, help couples, uh, you know, prepare for marriage together. And that's such a different type of work than I know we're talking about the betrayal stuff, but yeah. what I love yeah. about prepare and rich is the couples that come in wanting to do that are the couples that are wanting to get ahead of it. It's preventative, right? So they're not the ones coming in, in the crisis, you know, They're the ones saying, hey, we want to, you know, weatherproof our relationship and make sure we've we've worked through anything that could later on become an issue down the road. So I love that work, wow. too. It's really great. Yeah. Great. Oh, I love everything about it because mm -hmm. it's seeking almost help before yes. <laughs> something helps happens. It's prevention, yes. isn't it? Yes. Oh, I love that because we do that for physical health. So why not? for everything else, um, relationships. So going back to betrayal, uh, trauma, talk to me about the process, if that's okay with you to describe the process of helping your clients to heal from betray trauma, betrayal. Yeah, so um, betrayal is a, a relational violation. There's many different types. Um, you know, I think one that comes to a lot of people's mind is infidelity, but, but it also can take on the form of other things, um, as well. Um, so I, pr I primarily work with, you know, um, uh, couples, but there's also betrayal in terms of a, a parental relationship, a sibling relationship, even sometimes institutions and what have you. Um, you know, the saddest part about betrayal though, is it doesn't come from your enemy. It comes from the people you trust the most. I heard that from a quote somewhere. Um, so, so working with it in a couple, um, you know, that's, that's assuming that, um, there's reconciliation desired after the betrayal comes to light. Um, so, uh, There's also situations where it's not appropriate for um, someone. And in the cases of abuse, hidden abuse, it's not appropriate to see that couple uh, together in the healing process. So I do want to kind of differentiate differentiate between that betrayal um, healing and other types of betrayal healing. Um, so how I work with, with couples um, is... Uh, you know, one of the biggest hurdles is the lying. You know, I hear that so oftentimes from the betrayed partner is how can I ever trust anything that comes out of this person's mouth again? And so there has to be an opportunity for the, for the person who is betrayed to ask, um, you know, questions and get honest answers. And for the person who betrayed to be very open and clear about their transgressions in order to start that process of building trust back. 
And does it happen often, Shannon? The trust, uh, yeah, that's, um, I know I almost want to make it a forever thing, a destination thing, the trust mm -hmm. idea. But do they get to trust themselves again in that whole sense? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I can say it, it does take a long time. Uh -huh. And it, it happens in, in small moments. In fact, so John Gottman's research, he's done a lot of, uh, of research on trust building. And he his research shows that it's built in small moments over time, right? So it can be, it can be broken in an instant with one action, but it can be built over time. So a lot of the work with couples is, you know, being able to recognize these small moments where, you know, maybe one partner shared something that would have been easy to not say, you know, but it was important. And that was a trust building moment. Um, and so to be able to, to kind of build up those mo small moments over time, but it, it does take a lot of work, but it is possible to build trust back. And I've seen couples where you wouldn't believe what the betrayal was. And we've worked for several years, but we got to a place, you know, they got to a place yeah. um, of, of being able to trust again. And it's beautiful. Another question that comes to me is the reason. What have you found to be the main reason to rebuild the trust instead of getting a divorce? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, why? So why someone chooses to reconcile? Yeah. Yes. Right. You know, a lot of times, you know, and, and I know today isn't so much about like why people betray or why people cheat. There's a lot of other research and we can do a whole nother, yeah, <laughs> a whole nother podcast on that one because um, that's an important piece of it. But yeah, why yeah. people choose to stay, um, you know, I think at the heart of it, a lot of times the person who betrayed didn't didn't want to hurt the other person. It, it, they weren't really thinking about the consequences. Um, and it, the, the act of the betrayal wasn't necessarily because they wanted out of the relationship. Right. So sometimes it, the secrets out, um, but it's not, they didn't do the act because they didn't want to be with the partner any longer. There are some of those cases, but, but a lot of them are not. Oh, wow. So it has to be analyzed, of course, the reasons why. That's why you said that would be a whole new podcast, because uh, the reasons why people betray. Yeah, that made me think about my husband, too, because I remember his um, brother betrayed him. That was the biggest betrayal of his life, he says. So when you mentioned connection, so in order to feel the hurt of that betrayal, then it, it has to come from attachment. Mm -hmm. strong bond so from love basically mm -hmm. so it's almost like that's the good side of it because when I think about that the connection that love that they used to have it's just a beautiful thing even to have that experience in this lifetime to mm -hmm. be able to really connect with someone yes uh, so we're almost at the end I do have a few more questions for you the ending questions but before that Shanna would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid Ooh, um, I think I, I would, I would say for anyone who is, um, trying to figure out where, where in the world do I start? How do I get help? Um, I'm, I'm healing or I'm, I'm suffering as a result of a betrayal. I, I really encourage them to reach out to, um, a professional therapist. If that's something that they're open to doing, um, make sure that that therapist works with, uh, trauma, um, betrayal trauma specifically. There's a lot of therapists out there who don't. 
um, have the training or the experience. And it's so important that, um, that someone is working with a professional that's trained in this area. So um, I want to encourage people to, to reach out for help and not be ashamed to ask for it. Um, yes, yes. And I mentioned, I think, off record about not interviewing anybody about this specific area of betrayal. So it's very unique in a way, although it's not, I know it's out there, but um, it's not as common as we think it is. I know your company is Highland. I love the name of the company, too, uh, Highland Family Counseling. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me think about nature. It's almost, it gives me a sense of freedom almost immediately. That's interesting. That, that It's a very energetically powerful word. Mm-hmm. So question, are you open to new clients at this time? And what is the best way to find you? Yes. Um, so I, I have a waiting list, but um, I'm licensed in the state of Texas. So I see clients in my private practice in person, but I also see um, clients virtually as long as they reside in the in the state of Texas. That's where I'm licensed right now. Um, and so they're welcome to reach out to me by my website. I know you'll put that in the show notes. So if anyone has any questions, um, wants some suggestions for resources or where do I start, even if they don't want to work with me as a client, I'd, I'd welcome any, any questions if I could help anybody. Um, and, um, but that would be the best way to, way to reach me. And I've got some great resources, um, on my website as well. And, and I also will have some articles that I'll be posting pretty here, uh, here pretty soon. So, um, they can check that out. Yes. Yeah. And I'll have the link on your website, your podcast profile. Two questions before we end the conversation for today. What is another word for healing? Mm. Another word for healing. I would say, first thing that comes to my mind, um, stillness. To be still in the moment. Um, to be one with the present. And, um, and just to welcome whatever's, whatever comes next, but it, it requires us to be still in, in order to know what we, what we need to do next and how we need to go forward as a result of the pain. So stillness. Yes. I love that. Uh, that's another insightful, beautiful, and necessary message mm-hmm. for all of us. And with that in mind, is that something that you work with, with your clients as well? Mindfulness meditation? Yes, I think it's so important. So, so important. Um, and I'm so, so glad that you um, really uh, emphasize the importance of spirituality, because I think that's one of the most important aspects of the healing process. You know, we can talk about, oh, I, I need to work on myself physically and mentally and emotionally. But I'll say spirituality, I think, is so essential. And meditation and mindfulness um, are so, so, so impactful. Oh, boy, yeah. I found out the hard way and the good way. <laughs> meditation, yeah, stillness. That's, uh, to me, it's, that's the answer, but that it takes commitment and effort to get there. So that's why you're here and so many other beautiful guides in this reality. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, thank you. And my last question to you is this one. What are three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Mm. I wish I wish that people could... Um, face a fear and overcome it so that they could see how courageous and brave they really are and they can be. Um, I wish people could experience true love for what it is. Um, 
peaceful, soft, accepting, um, safe. Um, and I think I would say, um, I would hope people can have some type of a spiritual experience, um, and be able to connect with, with something greater than themselves. Because I, I didn't realize that until I went through my own journey that that's, that's why I'm still here today. Um, having embraced that, that part of myself. So I, I would hope that and wish that for people if they're, if they're willing and open to um, take on that journey. Oh, I love your wisdom, your natural <laughs> wisdom, your heart-centered wisdom. Thank you so much, Shannon, for your Thank presence you so here yeah. today, for being you, for being open to life, for being vulnerable, not being afraid to be vulnerable and come from that place as a therapist. You talk about the things that you went through yourself. So it's beautiful to see that. Yeah, really beautiful. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Shannon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Shannon Shields and her work, please visit highlandfamilycounseling.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.